filthy Henry case files. The fairy who came to tea. Part two. What Shelley had not expected to see upon entering the dining room was an entirely different interior than the one she had seen a mere thirty minutes earlier. It was as if Count Dracula had transported his dining hall inside Preston's house. The dimensions made no sense at all. Stepping through the door from the hall was an assault on the mortal mind. Replacing all the polished white and shiny metal was grey stonework and a long oak table that could have easily sat twenty people. Gone was all the paperwork that Preston had strewn about the place, replaced with tapestries that hung from wooden beams set into the stonework walls. Multiple candelabras bearing several burning candles were placed at intervals of six feet, illuminating the room completely. Movement over by the window caught Shelley's attention. Staring out at the same view that Preston's dining room window had was a tall, lean figure, dressed entirely in black. They stood with their back to the door, long slender fingers interlaced behind their back. Hair as black as night was styled in a long ponytail, and Shelley could see the new arrival also had a neatly trimmed beard. It was taking every ounce of Shelley's self-control not to duck down and check if the figure had cloven hooves instead of feet. Without speaking, Preston walked down the great hall and pulled out a high-backed chair. He did not so much sit down as dropped into the seat. Preston, the figure said with a voice that belonged to a smooth jazz singer. How are we doing today? (laughs) He turned around, the smile on his face instantly disappearing upon seeing Shelley sipping from her tea. And who might you be? he asked. I'm Shelley, she said. Well, I have a standing dinner date with Preston Wright, so without meaning to be too rude, kindly get out of here. Shelley shook her head from side to side, holding up her free hand to indicate the fairy stopped talking. Sorry there, buddy, she said, channeling the bad manners of her inner filthy Henry. But I'm a guest in this house, as you can see with the mug of tea I have in my hands. The figure narrowed his eyes. From this distance Shelley could see that they were two entirely red ovals. I see you're versed in the old ways, the fairy said strolling over from the window and taking a seat opposite Preston. Very well, you can remain. But know that the meal is between us two. The rules of hospitality between you and he do not extend or overlap with the ones between him and me. Shelley nodded her head. I'm just going to be a hungry observer, Nick, she said. The fairy's head snapped in her direction, his eyes staring intensely at her. How do you know my name? Trying extremely hard to keep her face an expressionless mask, Shelley shrugged her shoulders and took as nonchalant to sip from her tea as was humanly possible. Oh, I'm a magical detective, she said. You'd be surprised what we know. I see, Nick said, slowly turning his head to look across the table at Preston. 
Food had appeared before them in extremely ornate dishes. Mounds of mashed potatoes. Steaming carrots drizzled with honey. Roasted chickens with gravy boats floating beside their plate. A plate of mushy peas, cooked to utter perfection, rotated on the spot without messing up the black tablecloth at all. All that was missing was a dance number performed by the cutlery, and this would have been a trademark infringing event. But as interesting as the magically manifested food was, one truly interesting dish seemingly had Preston's rapt attention. A plate of perfectly roasted and seasoned potatoes, their golden crispy skin sparkling in the candlelight. For whatever reason, this dish, among all the dishes, was holding his gaze completely. Which means that's part of the problem, Shelley thought to herself. Shall I serve? Nick asked Preston, reaching over and lifting the man's plate. Preston looked up at his fairy visitor and simply nodded without saying a word. The fairy heaped generous portions of vegetables and meat onto Preston's plate. With a simple hand gesture, he directed a gravy boat to drift towards the plate and pour out some of the delicious smelling gravy over everything. Before handing the plate back to Preston, Nick lifted three roast potatoes and deposited them in the centre of the plate. Just as you like it, <laughs> Nick said, smiling. I'd love another potato, actually, Preston said, taking the plate in both hands, but keeping it over all the other dishes. Oh, come on now, Preston, <laughs> Nick said. Your eyes are bigger than your belly. We can discuss seconds when you've finished your firsts. Preston's shoulders slumped even further than they had before he entered the dining room. Further confirming that Shelley's theory had to be correct. The roast potatoes were somehow integral to this whole affair. What she did find strange, though, was that none of the food dishes magically refilled after Nick helped himself to a bit of everything. Which begged the question, what exactly was preventing Preston leaving the table after all the food was eaten? The next hour passed in a painfully slow manner. While Preston ate in silence, Nick chattered away. Neither acknowledged Shelley's presence in the room at all. She sat at the head of the table sipping her coffee until it was gone, and wondering why neither of the men had offered her some food. Working from the ancient rules of hospitality, Shelley was Preston's guest. That meant he had to ensure she was fed and watered. But Nick, it seemed, was hosting Preston so the onus on Preston to offer Shelley some food from the dishes was not part of the deal. Looking around the dining hall that had magically appeared inside the right home, Shelley wondered if it was not some sort of pocket dimension that Nick lived in. As they finished up their first course, Preston reached over to the roast potatoes, faster than an electronic hair out of a greyhound trap. In the blink of an eye, Nick's hand got to the serving spoon first. Please, Preston! the fairy said, playfully batting away the man's hand. Allow me. No, I, I, can, I can do it myself, Preston began. Nick shook his head and scooped out two potatoes onto Preston's plate. That, that's, that's loads for me, he said to the fairy. Ah, pish posh, <laughs> Nick said, bringing the plate over to the other dishes and loading it up with more food. Clearly you're wasting away. The rest of the meal moved along at a snail's pace. Preston continuously rushed through his helping and tried to get more roasted potatoes, stopped each time by Nick. It seemed that the fairy was going to dictate just how those crispy golden blobs of carbs and butter were dished out. But what it was about them that made the meal so complicated to finish, Shelley couldn't fathom. Until, after a fourth round of helpings, everything changed.
sitting in the dish like a sunburnt snowman, was a single roast potato. Nick sat forward ever so slightly in his seat and clasped his hands before him. He grinned across the table at Preston but said nothing. Preston, meanwhile, kept glancing down at the potato with fear in his eyes. Having sat through the meal for the past number of weeks, Shelley figured that Mr. Wright had now gotten to the point where sleep was kept from him, over, apparently, a potato. It seemed that if Shelley wanted to solve the mystery of Preston's fairy visitor, she first had to figure out the problem of the spud. Preston made the first move, having mulled over what he was about to say for nearly ten full minutes. Would you mind if I had the last one? he asked, reaching over for the dish. Nick made no move to stop Preston from picking the dish up with one hand. Instead, the fairy simply kept his stare fixed on the mortal, across from him, and smiled. Oh, they were delicious, were they not? Very much so, Preston said, lifting the dish up and bringing it up over to his plate. I mean, just the right amount of oil and fat to get that perfectly crisp shell. Fluffy on the inside, not too hot. Herbs sprinkled just right. Absolutely, (laughs) Nick said, nodding along. I summoned them myself, you know. Oh, oh, it totally shows, Preston replied, the dish now right beside his empty plate. Shelley watched as the man's shaky left hand rose and moved towards the serving spoon. Right as his fingers wrapped around the handle, Preston looked from the potato up to the fairy. With the spoon just about to lift the crispy carbs, the man took a deep breath. You're sure you don't mind? he asked Nick. Well, (laughs) now that you mention it. Then it happened. The confirmation that Shelley had been looking for. Preston's shoulders slumped so far down she half expected them to hit his ankles. There was something about this last potato that must have been repeated at every meal. For the last few weeks, Preston had been performing the same potato pirouette with Nick, coming out poorly each night. I would really, you know, like to have this one uh, to truly enjoy the last bite of this fantastic meal. Oh, (laughs) I hear you, Nick said, leaning back in his seat and patting his flat stomach twice. But I think I've just enough room in here for that last little bite. A tear formed on Preston's bottom left eyelid. But but I was thinking maybe maybe just this time I, I could have the last one. Since the last sixteen meals you've had the last roast potato, he said, his voice quivering slightly. Nick smirked and shook his head. Yeah, I know. But I think there's an argument to be made for the chef getting to enjoy the last bit of the meal they prepared. Why don't you put the dish down, Mr. Wright, while we discuss? Preston had started to breathe rapidly, his eyes darting from Nick to the potato and back again. Without saying another word, he scooped the golden sphere up and went to put it on his plate. Nick made a gesture with his hand, causing the potato to float off the spoon and back into the dish. Preston let out a low whimper, then dropped the empty spoon onto his plate. He looked down the table towards Shelley. This is the problem. Who gets the last potato? Shelley asked, still not believing it. You keep him awake all night because he wants the last potato? This last question she asked of Nick. You're here as a guest under Preston's rules of hospitality, the fairy explained, keeping his eyes fixed on Preston. Mr. Wright, or rather his family line, 
must host me once a generation and show they understand those same rules of hospitality. Why? Shelley asked. Nick turned, ever so slightly in his seat, and stared down the long table at her. There was something in his eyes, the barest tint of annoyance. Shelley had been around Filthy Henry long enough to spot that telltale sign in most fairies' eyes. It was a sign that the right questions were being asked, something that the fairy would rather not happen. Wealth, for some mortals, does not simply happen. They either earn it, get lucky, or strike a deal. <laughs> I've, let's say, invested in this family. But to continue earning my riches, they must show they understand the old ways. Shelley knew, without even asking, that the last two words had been capitalised. It was the inflection Nick had used. You could hear the capital letters. Preston dropped his head to the table, causing the nearby dishes to bounce from impact and slowly started weeping. I just want to go to sleep, he moaned. Why won't you just take the poxy potato and let me rest? Nick reached over, carefully lifting the dish out of Preston's hand, and placed it down on the table between them. You know that's not how this goes, the fairy said, settling back in his seat. There are rules that need to be followed. Shelley needed to regroup, gather her thoughts and figure out what the correct course of action was here. Filthy Henry would have no doubt tried some sort of magical spell or trickery to help Preston out. But Shelley did not have such avenues open to her. She needed to do this the old-fashioned way, which meant some research. Leaving Preston, however, to suffer for the remainder of the night while he agonised over the last potato was not exactly something that sat well with her. For her, a client was more than just a paycheck on two legs. They were an actual human, a mortal that needed help after being dragged into the fairy world against their will. Which was when a filthy Henry-esque idea popped into Shelley's head, all because of the wording Nick had used earlier. She was not invited to partake in the dinner, but since she was Preston's guest, her attendance in the room had been allowed. However, the fairy had made it clear she could not interfere or interact with the meal in any way. But if her host was in the midst of a potato-related paradox, who was going to refill her beverage? Turning her mug slowly over and tapping out the last few drops onto the table's surface, Shelley cleared her throat. Oh, Preston, she said, in somewhat sing-song style voice. He looked up from his plate and frowned at her. Yes? I appear not to have anything to drink, she said, indicating her cup by gesturing it towards him. Preston frowned at her, slowly shaking his head from side to side in what looked like utter confusion. He shrugged his shoulders, then waved his hands at all the dishes and plates before him. I'm sort of in the middle of something here, he said, sounding annoyed. Something I thought I was paying you to help me with. Nick narrowed his eyes and glared at the two of them. Let's ignore the fact that you apparently invited the hired help into your home as a guest, the fairy said. You clearly do not understand the rules of hospitality at all. She is your guest. You must ensure she always has food and drink. Just not from this table. This food is just for us. Preston looked longingly at the final roast potato, before rolling his eyes to the ceiling and pushing his chair back from the table. Standing up, he turned quickly and marched out of the room with a gesture toward Shelley that she should follow him. There's no hope for that one, Nick said to Shelley, before turning his attention back to a little magical light show he conjured over the table. 
Shelley smiled but said no more. One of the things that Filthy Henry had ingrained into her from the start was that she did not engage in idle chit-chat with fairies you were unfamiliar with. A lot of how the fairy folk spoke to mortals involved words and sentences that had double meanings. While you thought you were simply giving them directions to the nearest bank, the reality was that they had somehow tricked you into looking after their children every second Sunday until the end of time. In fact, most of the fairies whom Shelley had spoken to were ones that Filthy Henry first talked with. Thinking about that as she walked down the hall into the kitchen, she realised that for the last few years she had allowed the fairy detective to be a sort of testing instrument. If the fairy he spoke to seemed okay, chances were they would not try to entrap an unsuspecting mortal while talking about the weather. Preston glared at Shelley as she walked into the kitchen. What the bloody hell are you playing at? he asked, waving both hands in the air before him in an exasperated manner. I need you to figure out this nightmare so that I might finally get some sleep before the sun rises. Instead, you want me to make you another cup of coffee? Shelley had seen Filthy Henry go through this scenario a dozen or more times in the past. The client would demand answers to things they did not truly understand, all the while acting like they deserved to be punched in the nose for having such an aggressive attitude towards the only person best qualified to help them. Being the consummate professional, the fairy detective had only ever punched one of their clients in the nose. She let Preston wave his hands in the air a few more times, before he seemed to calm down a little. You're not going to get this sorted tonight, Shelley said. Preston's left eyelid started to twitch, and a tear formed in his right eye. What? But but I hired you. I know you did, but this isn't going to get sorted tonight. You'll have to endure it one more time. Tomorrow, though, we'll nail it. I just need to work out the sequence. The important thing is that when Nick arrives tomorrow, I'm already sitting in that room as a guest for the meal. Otherwise, I won't be able to help you. Preston took a deep breath, went to say something, then sighed and shook his head. He walked past Shelley without looking at her. You can see yourself out, he said. I've got to get back to my guests. Filthy Henry Case Files The Fairy Who Came to Tea is an original story by Derek Power. Narration and music by Niall Milton. Other works by Derek Power are available to buy right now on Amazon Kindle. The final part of this story is available immediately. And if you could, why not subscribe, or like, or even share an episode with any of your friends you think might be interested. Thanks a million.